Well, how the hell are you? I am doing all right. And I would ask how you are, but I already know. So let's just move on. Well, I'm excited. I'm happy. <laughs> I am jacked. You, I don't care. Let's move on. No. <laughs> <laughs> you ever get those times where... Uh, like a bunch of good things are all they all just kind of line up and there's like one day where it's like oh it's gonna be like a this is this is just the day it's gonna be an exciting day yeah yeah well tomorrow city skylines 2 drops on game pass oh yeah and my favorite band releases new music so green day's got a new album uh well it's a new single we think coming out tomorrow and probably accompanied by an album announcement Mm. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Super stoked. Super stoked. That's exciting. Yeah. Got to use, uh, it, and, and, and honestly, it's no big deal because those sick days aren't going to use themselves. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow is all about me, man. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. Well, hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. Dobby Dean. Mm-hmm. My name's not Carl. And I'm not Brady. And well, you're, are you not? You seemed unsure there. I, you know, I have days you're, where I feel like, like I'm Brady. Am I? <laughs> am I? I'm feeling extra you know, awesome today. Am I Brady? I, 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 I don't even sometimes know. Sometimes I'm Brady. Sometimes I'm Pete. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Like just as long as you're not showing up at Pete's job trying to do Pete's job, because I don't think you're qualified. Um, so. We're back with another news episode. We've got a bunch of topics lined up today. We're going to break down all of the major events that are interesting to us that have taken place over the last week in the world of movie news. But first, Mr. Eastman has something. We don't know what it is. Let's get to the real world. Yeah, Carl has some some sort of world technology piece of advancement news something i assume you have options for me i've got three yeah all right. why why break from the set now set tradition exactly yeah. Uh, yeah. and i'm gonna give them in like order of what i think is coolest so like the third one will be like the one i hope you pick oh, okay but it might not be as interesting to you sure okay uh, so the first one is uh nasa go fast what NASA goes oh, fast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the second one is uh, oh, how can I find? It's a fun way to put this one. Uh, um, I don't know. I I can't think of a fun one. Uh, there's a possible new element? Question mark. Eh. Um, and then uh, uh, Vegas Vegas has got a glowy ball. Okay. So. Vegas is glowy balls. <laughs> it's I'm, actually, it's only one. But I'm torn. It's funny if she said it that I'm, way. I'm, I'm torn. <laughs> the first one, okay. So basically, we have we we've got Interstellar, Iron Man two, and and National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation, um, <laughs> or Viva Rock Vegas, Flintstones. Um, I, I I'm not interested in the element one. I don't think. Just because I'm like, I don't know. I I don't know 90% of the elements that already exist. So you, <laughs> you, like, you, could, you could say anything. Balladium is the new. And I'm like, okay, cool, great. 
Um, now to go fast. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just going to be some new story about like some new propulsion system or faster engine or something. Um, but then I'm torn because although I don't know all the details and, and I'm certainly excited to learn more, I am aware, like I, you know, anyone who's anyone has seen images or video of the, the Las Vegas, like sphere uh, thing. You know about the sphere? Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Okay. I'm going to take yeah. the sphere one anyways, because it is the one that I'm the most interested in. And I'm sure maybe you have some information yeah. that There's I've not yet heard. Probably no new developments, but. But we'll we'll dive into it for those that didn't hear hear about it. Yeah. So in true fashion, we'll quickly touch on the other two, give some a little light. So if people want to Google it, they can. So the NASA goes fast. Uh, uh, NASA's got a all kinds of probes and uh, satellites and crap and flying throughout the galaxy, uh, trying to check stuff out. Uh, the Parker Solar Probe has broken its own record. Again, for the fastest thing ever made by human hands, uh, at an astounding uh, three hundred and ninety-four thousand seven hundred thirty-six miles an hour. Good lord! Um, yeah, so it just apparently it just keeps going faster. Um, apparently, it's it, it's it's getting going faster and faster because it keeps slingshotting. Okay, wait. Around. So how fast? Hang on. How fast was essentially, that? Essentially, essentially four hundred thousand miles an hour. If you're rounding up, so four hundred. 400, one, two, three, four. But it, while you're doing by, math, it's gotten that fast by like slingshotting around planets, apparently. Somebody well, was saying, Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Comment, which is divided still cool. See? And I'm just doing a little bit of conversion here. Oh, you're trying to find the kilometers an hour? No, I'm trying to figure out what it is so in light years. That is. 1.1 no no hang on no it's it's a bigger number that is <laughs> 1787 kilometers a second <laughs> that's yeah, that's the fast. number see yeah cuz when when yeah. you say like oh x many 100,000 an hour you're like yeah, that seems fast, but but seventeen hundred, almost eighteen hundred kilometers a second. That's yeah. that is a stunt driving charge. Yeah, the top. Yeah, so the top comment on this says it, it. The article failed to mention how the probe got this speed by falling towards the sun, uh, rather than from actually accelerated provided by its engine. So it slingshotted itself around the sun to get to these astronomical that's speeds. So cool. That's so um, cool. And that's like the secret to a lot of space travel, right? Like you hear that all the time. They're like, wow, we're going to slingshot around the moon. Yeah, it's a big cliche in a lot of sci-fi films Yeah, that are kind of more modern-ish based and not so futurist. Yeah, even some futurist ones do it. Um, yeah, the second one, um, there's an asteroid out in space somewhere that scientists are looking at, and they believe that it may contain a peri an element outside of our periodic table. So, yeah, yeah like I Iron mean, Man's created a new element. There yeah, could be that's one cool. It's it's <laughs> also kind of one of those things where, like, at some point, I would hope so, right? Like, yeah. it's a little it's a little ignorant for humans to think <laughs> that, like, the elements we got that we're aware of 
is the extent of what's in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one you picked, the Vegas Sphere. Oh, yeah. This thing is so cool. Like, when I've, I've seen pictures of this um, mid-summer, early summer, and when I first saw pictures, I was like, oh, that's a cool artist rendition. And then you look closer, and you yeah, realize, no, no. no, that's an actual picture. Yeah. This thing looks like in the night sky uh, with Vegas around it in the background. It looks like it's not supposed to be like it yeah the visuals of this thing lit up are crazy yeah so for for kind of um those that like to know how big it is this thing is 516 feet wide and 366 feet tall well you got to tell them what the, what it is this what is, is it? this is the largest where did it say um it's the uh, the largest sphere in the world <laughs> Okay, but um, what is it? It's it's like a theater. It's, it's, it's a like big a stadium. It's a big ball. Yeah, so it's a theater. Yeah, it seats um, seventeen hundred or seventeen thousand six hundred seats. Uh, it's a amphitheater style venue, and right now it's hosting uh, the residency of U two, and U two are doing nightly or weekly shows. Right, um, and both the entire sphere. outside of it and the entire and inside, inside of it is like video wall. Yeah, there are there are. The, the 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 whole sphere and bowl or whatever in the inside I guess is more of a bowl if you're inside <laughs> has uh, it has sixteen hundred thousand square foot spherical ele- oh, 1600,000 square foot spherical LED immersive surface oh so that's the that's the square footage sixteen hundred thousand uh, square feet is the mm-hmm. LED surface. Uh, it, it, it shows it's, it's resolution is 16 K. Jeez. So it's like high definition. <laughs> yeah. Four, four times more high def than 4k. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, oh man, I got to find the part of this article that talks about, oh, it can be seen from space when it's turned on. <laughs> wow. You know oh, what? Man. You know even what? During I, the day, there's a picture in this article. It's a popular mechanics article I'm, I'm reading from. Even during the day, it looks so like somebody just took cropped the picture of a circle and like. Boop. <laughs> yeah, you know what I absolutely love about in, the, and made up. the reason why I chose that story is because the the NASA thing is like for the betterment of of advancement the element thing is like for the good of science and the natural world and and the las vegas sphere is because we can <laughs> like that's yeah. that is the reason the it, las it, vegas it's like sphere a marvel exists. of engineering yeah is because we can yeah there is a um this indian article to something i found um there's it's somewhere in the middle east there's a city that's being built. I it's I I don't know if it's called the line or the strip or whatever it is, but it's like 180 kilometers long, and it is it's it's like it's like a trench. It looks like something out of like Cyberpunk or Blade Runner. It's like it's it's a strip that has been dug in a trench 
that has been dug deep into the earth in a straight line spanning like 180 kilometers. And on either side of this trench is the city. And what's the purpose of the trench? Just that it's it's like an in-ground city as opposed to being above ground. I don't know. That seems like bad engineering. What happens when it rains? I don't know. It's (laughs) Middle East. Does it rain? I don't know. Um, But it, it like, the idea of it is, is there's no cars, right? Like it's, it's, um, just pulling up a thing of it here. It's, there's no cars. Oh, I guess it is somewhat above ground, actually. Um, but I guess the foundations for sure are in ground, of course. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there's no cars. Like everything that you would need to get to is well within walking distance. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's this kind of crazy, crazy ass futuristic wow. thing. I'm sending you a thing to it. Cool. That you can check out well, later. While you're doing that. So back, back to this the Vegas globe Vegas sphere <laughs> so to make make this thing light up there are a hundred one point two million LED pucks and they call them pucks because they're about the size of a hockey puck so there's a hundred one point two million pucks each puck <laughs> contains 48 diodes so 48 lights so 48 lights on a little puck, and there are 1.2 million pucks. Each uh, each bunch of pucks, 400 pucks, are assembled into a LED panel, and there are 400 of these LED panels that make up this thing. This is crazy. That's nuts. Um, and the yeah. advertising potential is through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> like so, when when you're inside watching this. The, like like you said that these these LED pucks are outside the sphere so they can create these really cool pictures and patterns and stuff that just look make make it look so, oh so captivating to the yeah. eye you just can't help but look at this and go that's so wild um but yeah inside there there is the same thing mm-hmm. and and it's part of the show so from floor to well past the ceiling, there's there's a digital display show, showing whatever is being to to help amplify the the uh, at this point U two concert experience. Yeah, it goes on to talk about how like the diodes are like st- there's like less than a blade of a grass between the diodes placements and oh man is. <laughs> It really is just a marvel of engineering. It's amazing. Apparently, there's like a killer sound system, which, I mean, you're showing you too, so you better have a killer sound system. You better have a killer sound system, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's cool. just crazy cool. That is cool. Um, All right. Jumping into our actual news, movie news topics for today. Kicking things off with a story that I'm going to kind of have to lean on you for this one a little bit. Oh, this is exciting. I saw this before. Now, you sent it, the when I was I, yeah. 14, 15, I first became aware. I was, I was one of my like high school girlfriend, you know, whatever. Um, her little brother was obsessed 
with this cartoon show that I knew nothing about. I'd never heard of prior to, and and he showed it to me, and he tried to get me into it, and I I don't know, I didn't give two shits because it was anime, and I'm not you know like it's not my thing, um, but I just didn't care. And that show was called Avatar: The Last Airbender, and. And he, w- he was obsessed with it. Like, we all drove down to Florida and back, and, and he had it going on his, like, little <laughs> DVD player thing the entire time. Um, and I just didn't care. And then several years passed, and there was um, M. Night. What was it? M. Night? M. Night Shyamalan, right? M. Night Shyamalan. Did um, the Shyamalama Ding <laughs> Dong did a... Uh, did a live action property <laughs> did a live action version the of worst thing ever the last airbender don't let it be your first introduction and i <laughs> saw it only because it was a part of like a, a four movie long weekend lineup at the drive-in right and it kind of right, okay. it wasn't the last one and there was one that followed that we did want to watch and there was one before that we did want so it was just kind of there and we just watched it um i have no memories of it I may have fallen asleep during it. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't blame you. But I just knew that it was from the property that I didn't really care about. And so I, you know, I wasn't all that interested. But I am aware that just like you, many, many fans, especially fans of the original cartoon, hated it. Hated it. Now, I'm sure, and I know what you're going to say. And it's biased and wrong and not actually true. But I'm sure, just like any... Like, the great thing about film is that it's 100% subjective, right? You'll like something that I don't like. I'll like something that you don't like. And that's just kind of the way it works. And so uh, there are people out there who liked the 2010 Last Airbender. Maybe they hadn't seen the original, maybe they saw the original, but they were also just like, well, you know, whatever, they changed some things, but, you know, it's still cool. It's uh, audience score, it's got a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is low, which is low, which would indicate that, for the most part, the audience doesn't like it, but it also indicates that 30% of the people who did watch it liked it. So there are people out there who like it. However, the fans rejoiced cautiously. When Netflix announced that they were going to do it again. They were going to do it. They were going to do it better, I assume, was their intention. Um, and that we were getting a Avatar, the last airbender from Netflix. And yeah. things have been a little quiet for a while, but we now have our first initial look at it. We have like a... a 60 second, you can't even call it a teaser trailer. It's just some like graphics flashing on the screen with some music to kind of show you like, ooh, look at the symbols and look at the, like, ooh, look. Um, But we also have some screenshots. We have some pictures of characters who, I don't know who they are. I don't recognize them. There's a bald guy in it. And the first image is, is of a bald guy. And I'm assuming that's the bald guy that I know of. Prince Zuko. He's like the the kid with the arrow on his forehead. Is that no, no? Uh, oh, in the oh, you're talking about uh, no. The in in the article you linked, the first picture is Prince Zuko. Okay, he's uh, the main antagonist for the first essentially two seasons. So who's the kid with the arrow? 
The kid with the arrow is the main character of the show. His name's Ang. Aang. He's not in any of the photos. He's not here, in any of the photos. There okay. is the article that I read because I've seen this article like beginning of la- or li- sometime last week. Week, I mean, that's what we're reviewing last week's news. <laughs> but it was a different article, and it did show pictures of a couple other characters, including Ang. In okay, and okay. Uh, yeah, he looked good. So here's the, the big char- thing, and and this is about all I can comment on, and then I'm going to pass this over to you. This looks from someone who who again is unfamiliar with the source material and and ultimately really couldn't care less it looks like an actual movie and what i mean by that is when you watch the 2010 one what i do remember from it and if you if you look at pictures of it 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 feels and looks very much like something that was an adaptation of a cartoon. Like it, it, it just looks and feels like it feels more like an adaptation of a cartoon than it feels like an actual movie that happens to get its source material from a cartoon. Um, right. <clears throat> this, at least, like just. Color palettes and color grading and production-wise, this looks like, first and foremost, this is a real film. This is a film. This is this is that the priority going in was not simply just to adapt Avatar The Last Airbender. It was to make a good movie and then use... Avatar The Last Airbender as the source material to do so. Whereas I believe the other one was just kind of like a live action. I I don't even know. I don't even know. So the the first movie, there were many reasons. Like they, they kind of took the source material and they just butchered it. Like you've got a show that was made, like it's not an adaptation from, an uh, 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 an anime, like it was. It was North American made, produced, created. the The English version is the 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 base version. Like like this isn't a, a dubbed version of a of an anime, right? Okay. So all the pronunciations of names in the cartoon. That's how they're supposed to sound. That's how the creators intended the name. And in like the the Shyamalan nightmare one, like nobody's name is correct. Like your main character's name is Ang all throughout three seasons of the cartoon. And Shyamalan comes along and everybody in his movie calls him Ong. Instead of Ang. Oh, really? It's like, why? What? What are you doing? <laughs> like, and, and that's how like kind of little respect that show or that movie showed for the source material, right? Um, yeah. So this, it looks pretty good so far from these screenshots and that that trailer was kind of cool. It didn't like, it didn't show much. It just showed the symbols for the four nations, which represent the four elements of earth, fire and water and air. Um, so it, 
Yeah. I, I'm not super keen on Zuko's look here. Like he look, I think everything looks good except for his left eye. Like in the cartoon, his left eye is like got a big burn mark and almost like the whole, almost the whole left side of his face has got a big burn scar. And here it looks like he's just got a black eye. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I, that thing should be like taking out his eyebrow, a big scar pat down back all the way back to his ear. Right. Like, this is, this does not look like this looks like, he got punched <laughs> instead of like in the story his he he gets uh his his father he's a firebender his and his father's a firebender his his father burns him to discipline him and like scars his, the whole left side of his face pretty much so this doesn't that 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 doesn't jive with me super well but i'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt for now although i'm not super I'm, I'm very hesitant to get excited about this show because back in 2020 the show the original creek showrunners for this the original creators stepped away from the project uh, okay <clears throat> so they were heavily involved in the in the project and i, I just kind of googled it to kind of bring up some information here to kind of back why i'm hesitant to get excited about it this is an entertainment weekly article and i'll just read the quote from from one of the creators d martino uh he says i i can't uh i couldn't control the creative direction of the series this live action series but that but uh but that he couldn't control but he couldn't control how it the creative direction of the series, but he could control how he responded. So he chose to leave the project. It was the hardest professional decision I've ever had to make. And certainly not one that I took lightly, but it's the necessary, but it was necessary for my happiness and my creative integrity. Um, and who was that? So, so this is one of the creators of the original cartoon. Oh, okay. Right. So if the person from the create the original cartoon goes, I don't like where this is going. They're not listening to me. I have to step away for my own integrity and my own happiness. <sighs> what are they doing? I mean, okay. Right. Let me, this, pl let me play devil's advocate. This is here. huge. This yeah. is huge. Let me play devil's advocate. <laughs> and again, I've got no horse in this race, right. but I think, I think it's important to remember anytime that we hear something like this is that we we don't know the details of the circumstances right we don't we don't know if the the creator who's making these comments we don't know if the suggestions and and the requests that he was making were important ones that were absolutely integral integral to the identity of the property or if this guy had trouble realizing that he he's not actually the director and, you know, like if it was just certain little set pieces, right? Like if this guy was sort of a micromanaging control freak, and we don't know, maybe, maybe he wasn't, but it's possible that he was. And he was hired to be an executive producer and showrunner. Right. But there's still a director. 
there's still there's still he's still not the one in charge. But but the director doesn't the the executive producer and showrunner the director answers to them. It on some things. On some things, yes, but some things the director still has creative control over. Right. Mm. And so it's it's hard it's hard to say. It's hard to say whether or not these were things like, well, you know, this is this character's origin and it's important that we keep it. Yes, that would be one thing. If it was, you know, oh, I really think that the sash around this guy's robe should be blue instead of dark blue. And yeah, I don't, it, it, do you know I, I don't mean? see a person getting that. Uh, they could, they could, you're right. If, but it's, I don't see if it. it's their here, baby. Look, let me, let me, let me, let me rebuttal you with. Uh, some, what I can only say is like solid foundation, uh, argument for you should always bring in the creator of the original material in, in some fashion to make sure that you're on track with what fans of the series will expect. And that is one piece. Are you familiar with one piece? I am not. So one piece is an anime. Uh, it is a long running anime. Oh man, they got so many. Let me. Um, uh, yeah, it's over a th- one piece. The anime, uh, the the t- the the animated TV show, the anime, is currently running over a thousand episodes. Right. It is hugely beloved right now it is it is it is running high i'm surprised you haven't seen or heard anything about this it it recently had a netflix adaptation release right and it is critically acclaimed everybody's loving it even the people that aren't super like the big one piece anime fans love it those that aren't loving it still and are enjoying it they might, they might be a little bit nitpicky in some spots, but they still enjoy it overall. I can say without a shadow of doubt in my mind that the success of this show is attributed to the fact that the original creator of the show, whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce because I'll butcher it and I don't know it off my head, was brought in because when he made the when he made his deal with Netflix to do the adaptation, he said, "I have final say on everything." Or this doesn't happen. Right. Right. You, if, if I don't like something, you have to change it. Right. Now, the show is a departure from the original content to a degree because they, like each season is, of the show it runs like 20 something episodes, usually 15, 20 episodes. Right. So you get a bunch of little storylines in there. If you're going to try to make your first season, if you're, they, and then what they did was they crammed the first season of the anime into uh, six or eight episodes of the live action. So they had to cut stuff. Right. But they still touched on all the, they, they essentially like took what the anime was and they simmered it down and condensed it into the, like what was really important. And the show is amazing. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And, and and it's because you brought in the source of the of the original and you listened to the source of the original. And now 
not only do you have new fans of the show because it's amazing, but you have uh, existing fans praising it as well. Mm-hmm. And and we're not talking about like some just kind of like, oh, it's just, you know, they're pirates, swashbuckling pirates. No, this show is like, shut off your mind, suspend every ounce of disbelief you could possibly have kind of an anime. Like the lead character <laughs> is, has stretchy arms. He's, 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 they call him a rubber man. Like he, he stretches his arms. He can stretch every part of his body. He can like inflate himself like a, like this is like, this is ridiculous levels of ridiculousness, this show and people love it. Right. Yeah. Not that long ago, there was another show that Netflix, an anime that Netflix reproduced called cowboy bebop, which is a sci-fi kind of, um, uh, space adventure. Yeah. I haven't watched the anime and I haven't watched the Netflix show, but from what I've seen and read of reviews, Fans hated it and not many other people liked it. Like people outside the fandom weren't really keen on it either. Yeah. Right. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they had nobody from the source material come in vet or check anything. They just did whatever the hell they wanted with the source material. Yeah. The Witcher, the Witcher's in all kinds of crazy hot water from fans and, of the original of the books and the games and stuff because it's the same thing. You know, they said they gave, they gave the finger to the source material. They had, there was quotes of writers saying that they hate the source material, right? Like, of course people aren't the fans of the show are going to hate your show if you don't respect the source material. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I am hesitant to get excited about avatar because the original showrunners decided to leave because Netflix was not listening to them. Okay. Well, there we go. And that actually transitions us nicely into our next topic, which is maybe a little Segway. maybe a little bit of a counter argument here. Um, so there is a new alien film coming. Uh, alien Romulus is coming out next year. And Obviously, Alien is a franchise that was created by Ridley Scott, right? Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott did the first one, um, I think did, or it was at least a producer on Prometheus and Covenant? No, I think he did do Prometheus. Yeah, I think think Prometheus was... Prometheus. I haven't seen Covenant. Prometheus was his, and then Alien. Yeah, because Prometheus, he was. It was like his touted return to the series. Return. Yeah, Uh, and he directed Alien Covenant as well. (coughs) So, it's it is his, and obviously there's several films in the franchise that he didn't direct, but still would have been a producer on. Uh, And now we have. Alien Romulus, which is coming to us by, and I'm going to butcher this name, Fede Alvarez. Alvarez. I think yeah, it's I think sure. it's like Latin American. So Al- Alvarez. We'll just um, say Fed Alvarez. <laughs> and 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 this is not Ridley Scott's film. This is a non-Ridley Scott alien film that's coming, 
And we got this quote from the director himself, who said, uh, Alvarez went on to explain that he was adamant that he got feedback from Scott in person. So this is not like, this is different. This isn't, Scott was there on set telling us how to make this film. This was once the film was done, or we at least had the rough cut together or whatever, right? Um, He says, even if he didn't ask for it, I was going to go there and sit at the table and look at him and get it. The director said, continuing, even if he was going to say, you destroyed my legacy, I wanted to be in front of him and see him in the eye. I didn't want to get an email where it says, Ridley Scott says, dot, dot, dot. And then he walks into the room and he did say, Fede, what can I say? It's effing great. So... This is not meant to be a counter argument to the whole the whole have to have the creator there thing. Obviously, there's examples where it works. If you have someone who who is truly a fan and truly respects the source material and knows the source material, it's 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 possible to do something without. Right. You know, you've got great examples like in Star Wars. Obviously, George Lucas really no longer has much of anything to do with Star Wars at all. Right. He said, I'm treating it like a divorce. (laughs) Right. And so and yeah, there's been some Star Wars crap, but there's also been some amazing. There's been the Force Awakens and Andor and two, maybe one and a half really great seasons of Mandalorian. I wouldn't add Force Awakens to that list, but okay. You didn't think the Force Awakens was amazing? Oh, <laughs> okay. That's fine. Not, not you don't amazing. like the sequels at all. That's it was fine. Good. I wouldn't call it amazing. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, again, all film subjective. But um, within Star Wars, you have examples like you know Sam Witwer correcting Dave Filoni on canon on saying like, well, yeah. no, 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 you can't, you can't have Anakin having a conversation <clears throat> with his Force ghost mother and saying. I have a wife, she's really great, I wish you could have met her. Because Sam Witwer, that happened, right? And that yeah, was the line, and Sam Witwer was like, whoa, hang on. They have met. They 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 had dinner yeah. together. <laughs> right? Somebody, somebody like, out-needed, he, he out-nerded Dave Filoni in that yeah, moment, and that's right. why he cemented it. So there's moments that. where even the creator is not necessarily the best person, you know, as yeah. far as, so, but... What this story is ultimately meant to be is just us conveying the fact that, yes, there's a new Alien film coming. Ridley Scott, the creator, the guy who, who first envisioned the xenomorphs and, and that whole world, has seen the film and thinks it's great. Thinks it's effing yeah. great. <sighs> this excites me. I mean, I'm a fan of... The Alien franchise. I'm not a fan of all of the films in the Alien franchise, and much too many people's surprise, I'm not a fan of the Alien film that everybody seems to think is the best Alien film. Alien versus Predator? No, which is the second one, Aliens. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Aliens. I still think the best one in the franchise is the first one, Alien. But whatever, doesn't matter. Um, this excites me though, uh, because I mean, either way, I'm going to watch this movie when it comes out. Um, but it's nice to hear that there is 
some backing support on on this film and and that uh you know it'd be a whole different story we'd be we'd have an entirely different tone right now if Ridley Scott had seen it and said I want to make it clear I had nothing to do with this movie <laughs> right yeah. like that would be that we'd be singing a different yeah. tune today that that, that would the, the, that we would essentially be mimicking what I had just said about Avatar right um, right, so that's, that's what the Avatar guy said three years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited <laughs> for this. Um, Carl, hearing these comments from Ridley Scott, does that do anything to boost your interest level in Alien Romulus? Um, well, I, I'm, I'll, I'll drop, drop, let the cat out of the bag here and maybe shock you a little bit. I've only ever seen one Alien movie if you don't include AVP. In which one? The first one? The original? No. No. <laughs> I, I've seen a part of the first one. And then you I, saw Prometheus. I, I may have seen the whole thing. I don't remember. Um, so so I've seen the... Um, oh, shoot. What was it? The, the, the one Ridley Scott's comeback. Prometheus. The uh, Prometheus. I've seen Prometheus. For I know that for sure. That's because I saw it shortly after it came out. Okay. And I've seen... I'll say I've seen at least most of the first Aliens movie when I was like six or seven years old. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, it terrified the. It is the first time I can vividly remember in my past the first time I ever had nightmares. So I watched it as like a six or seven year old. For some reason, my parents rented it and let me watch it with them. <laughs> that's and, crazy. Yeah. So. I, because I can't I even never picture gone, your parents watching it, so that's part of it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't visualize your parents sitting down and putting. Yeah, that I don't on. know why my parents watch it. It might have been the second one too. I don't know. Like, I was I was six or seven years old. I don't remember, hardly remember anything about that point in my life. But it was like it kind of emotionally scarred me enough to give me vivid nightmares that I still remember to this day. Or I don't even remember the nightmares. I just remember being terrified. Yeah, like I just remember the feeling of terror. <laughs> And I've, I've not that I don't appreciate the franchise or kind of, there's a part of me that does want to watch them, but there's also a part of me that's just like, I don't want to go back and watch them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to relive, but it's, it's, it would probably like, I know that if I did go back and watch them, You'd I love would them. love them. I would appreciate them. So here's like, the thing. It's not a horror movie. It's a monster movie. I love yeah. monster movies. Sci-fi monster um, movie. It would, it's probably, it's just like one of those things where it's like, all you got to do is step out over the, step off the edge and, and into the water and conquer your fear. And that's well, kind of what it kind of feels well, like I'm a gonna little pull, bit. I'm going to pull you off the edge because it, he, this Christmas, <laughs> you know how every so often you'll find out that I haven't seen a certain film and you're like, what? And then you make me sit down and watch it with you. Right. This Christmas we're conquering aliens. Hmm. Okay. The, like the franchise. The fran the whole franchise. Yeah, or there's only like sleepover. Six films or something. <laughs> you you can leave out A V P. Like yeah. I, oh, I've seen not, it. I, I've yeah. seen I own A V P. Yeah. And it's yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's all right. It's yeah. It's a in terms of the Predator movies, it's like top three, but that's not hard for the Predator for franchise. Predator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, moving on. So Taylor Swift. Now we talked we've talked a lot about Taylor Swift on this show lately. First we talked about Taylor Swift's film and how it was inadvertently a little bit of a dick move to announce a film 
a month out from its release date and the other films that had to remo- had to move and change their date as a result of that eh whatever neither here nor there uh we've talked about Taylor Swift's possibility of showing up in Deadpool 3 something that i believe is like 80% likely i i think this is happening because i've drank the Kool-Aid of them all being in that football game box together and i'm like well <laughs> you know i don't know Give me another version of the story that makes sense. I'm not seeing it. Well, we're now at time of recording this. We are 10 days out. 10 days past? It's been 10 days since the Taylor Swift era's tour concert movie has hit theaters. And it, it fell a little bit short of its projections. Now, emphasis on the word a little bit. So, it, the film was projected to make... 126 to 130 million dollars in its opening weekend. And it didn't. It fell two and a half million short. <laughs> it made 123.5 million. Um, so 100 and, or two and a half million shy of what the the bottom end of its projection was. Um, and then a couple more million shy of what they were projecting it could do, which was mm-hmm. 130 million. Now, that's just op- <laughs> sorry. Did you see it? No, I have not seen it. No. Um, and that's th- <laughs> those are just the opening weekend projections. Now, the film, just like any film, a film past its opening weekend is going to have legs, right? It, it it's not all about the opening weekend. Right. If it was all about the opening weekend, then Titanic and Avatar and everything else wouldn't be where they are at the, the, you know, the Mount Rushmore of box office for film. But this is where things get interesting. That was opening weekend. We're now 10 days past. And the worldwide gross for this film is 160 million. So it's only done another 35 million only <laughs> well no but that's important because right now, if if any other film at this stage in the game not any other film if a, if if any massive film at this stage in the game only had 160 million dollars in box office gross at marvel dc star wars you know what have you would be looking at this going, oh, crap. Right. Uh, but there's a huge but there. Which and is? That would be that would be the cost to make this thing. Yes. So, and I'm glad you brought that it's up. It's like, it's dirt cheap. Like, there's the average, there's hardly any, any advertising been done for it because no, it was, it was so all on notice. Instagram. And, and, and she's already doing the show anyway. Like, those costs are like, Burnt, boiled into her show costs, yeah, not her so, making it. They just, hey, turn the camera on, let's record it, let's put it on the screen and sell more tickets. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up because so there was discussion of whether or not this film would overthrow Joker's record for the most profitable film ever made. Right? So Joker made 
a billion dollars at the box <clears throat> office. One point zero seven billion dollars at the box office, which is big. I mean, anytime a film makes it into the billion dollar club, yeah, it's not something to scoff at. But what made that so special is that quite often when films make it into the billion dollar club, those films had $250 million budgets, (laughs) right? Like they were massive visual effects, heavy superhero films. Yeah, a quarter of their budget is 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 just making the film. Yeah, that, and then you can take just, that budget and almost double it for the marketing. Yeah, yeah. Joker was made for a budget of fifty-five million. Fifty-five million. So, although it didn't bring in the most money worldwide of any film, it just barely scraped into the billion-dollar club. It was done for what is considered a very low budget. And so it broke the record for the most profitable film, the most take-home in their pockets that any film had ever done. Now, the question became, right? I think all of the big Taylor Swift fans were saying, the Taylor Swift movie is going to make a billion dollars. Easily, it's going to make a billion dollars. It's Taylor Swift, biggest biggest music star in the world right now. She's releasing this concert. Everyone's a Swifty. Everyone's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to make a billion dollars. And the Taylor Swift movie was made for $15 million. So everyone's... budget. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone started talking (laughs) about like, hey, this is going to overthrow Joker. It's not looking like it's going to come in anywhere close. No. Anywhere close. And and I want to talk about why that might be. So, A, I, I think there's three reasons. A is just what you said. There hasn't been a massive marketing campaign. It was mostly just Taylor posting stuff on Instagram about it. Posting things on Instagram to the people who are already following her and are already Swifties and are already interested in going and seeing a Taylor Swift film. So you're not really reaching new audiences with that, right? You're not, you're not expanding your marketing by just doing Instagram posts. Secondly, and this is going to piss people off, and don't get me wrong, I love concert movies. I've watched several concert movies. I think they're great. But at the end of the day, this is just a concert movie. Yeah. It's just a concert movie. Yeah. A concert movie. Yeah. Like if you're if you're no if you don't like Taylor Swift, if you don't like pop music, even if you just kinda like her, you're not gonna shell out the money to go see this. No. And the third reason, and the one that I think is the most interesting, so I don't know if you've seen footage of the theaters during showings of this. But there are everyone standing up, everyone screaming the words along. There's like middle-aged moms who are down on the at the front of the theater dancing around. There's there's a a some sort of friendship bracelet you trade with people thing that the trend that's happening at Taylor Swift showings. Um, but it's it's a literal party in that. Like people, people in the theaters 
are treating the experience as if they're actually at the concert. Yeah. Right? They're standing up, they're dancing around, they're screaming the words. And to some, clearly, those who are doing it, that is all a part of the fun. Right? That's a that's a part of the experience. Yeah. Listen, I'm interested in watching this movie. And when it comes out on wherever it's going to come out on, on streaming, I'm probably going to check it out. But when I first saw the footage of people screaming the words, and in the, in the, in the footage that I saw, you can't really hear Taylor on screen. You can hear <laughs> the fans in the, in the auditorium. Yeah. It's like it's like the reverse of being at a concert. Yeah. So when I saw <laughs> everyone's that, still singing along, but because the speakers are so loud, yeah, you it's can't just, hear that. It's just bad karaoke <laughs> at yeah. this point, right? And so when I saw that footage, I thought to myself, "Oh no, thank you. I would hate that. I mean, I think it'd be fun at first. I think I'd be like, oh, look at this, this." Because ultimately, it, at this point, it's not a cinematic experience. It's a pop culture f- event that's happening, is is ultimately what this film will be remembered as, is a pop culture event that took place. And I, you know, I treat concert movies very similar to the way that I treat any other movies. Stop talking. <laughs> Don't talk. I want to hear... I'm trying to listen. Shut I want to hear... The singer, and I want to hear, like, do you know what I mean? And I wonder if, because this footage has been going around, it's very common knowledge that this is the atmosphere, this is the energy level inside of these auditoriums, and it certainly would have scared me away, and I'm wondering if it's scaring other people away from going and seeing it as well, Mm. right? If other people are looking at it going, oh, I like Taylor Swift. You, but so you're saying seems you would go see it in theaters if you didn't know that if you n- knew it would be it? No, I mean ultimately I don't know. I don't know if I would have gone. I, I'm not a big enough Taylor Swift fan that I think I would have gone to see it in a theater regardless. But seeing and being aware of what the atmosphere is like inside of those auditoriums definitely drove the final nail into the coffin. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, not a chance, not a chance. That doesn't interest me at all. That would irritate right. me because I would be frustrated with everyone else in that room. Happy for them. Happy for them. Have a blast. And and I get it. For those people, it's all a part of the experience. But for me, and and just by the, the laws of probability, millions of others, that would be a deal breaker. That'd be a real deal breaker because it would just be irritating and not the film going experience that, that that they would want. Anyways, Carl, you hear all this. What is your guess? A, does the screaming and shouting and jumping around and dancing within movie theaters, is that scaring some people away? Do you think that will ultimately potentially hurt the numbers that this film does? And B, does this film have any chance of joining the Billion Dollar Club? And if not, how close will it get? Um, yeah, I, to, to the, I don't think, I don't think that jumping and screaming is turning people away as much as you probably think you, it is. Cause I, when I asked, I just asked you, like, if it was a normal viewing experience, would you go see it? And you were kind of on the fence. 
Is that accurate to say? It is. Um, okay. So that tells me that the people that are going to go watch this are of one of two camps. One, they are Swifties. They they are fans of Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift music. This is an opportunity to see our Swift concert in as close to a Swift concert experience as they can possibly get that's not their living room. And the second group are parents with kids who enjoy the music or might enjoy the music. So which would fall, which would be my wife and daughter. I would not call my wife or daughter daughter Swifties by any stretch of the imagination, but it has been the show. This, the movie, this is this, this past weekend was the second weekend. It was in Hanover and my wife was said, I would like to take our daughter there. It would, I think it'd be a fun experience for us. Not, not, because Taylor Swift is awesome and we want to go see her because it will be fun. It'll be a fun viewing experience, fun thing to do with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, so they went and they enjoyed it and it was, they had a blast and it sounded like it was exactly like you were describing dancing and singing and hoop lying all about, but, but yeah, I, I think like if, if you're going, I think you're probably going to be expecting that regardless just because you're a fan and you're probably, that's what you want to do Yeah, uh, to that, to the billion mark. Yeah. I don't think it's going to make it there for the same reason. Like that's not because of there's not, there, there might be a lot of fans out there, but this doesn't target a wide audience, a wide mm-hmm. enough audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right interesting yeah it's hard to say i mean i know that like if if green day (coughs) also sorry also apparently they're not standard ticket movie ticket prices no they're 13 dollars. yeah and for for kids there's more for adults (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah they're they're it's it's more expensive to go see this than to go and watch the new Paw Patrol movie with your kid. <laughs> I know that if Green Day released, if, if Green Day, my favorite band, had a a concert movie coming to theaters tomorrow, I would, if they had a concert coming tomorrow and I knew that that was the, it was the same energy, everyone's screaming all the words and stuff in the theater and blah, 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 I would try to go to, like if there was a 10 a.m. Wednesday showing, where i thought even my favorite band it would still piss me off and that's just personal preference right that's just that's not what i would want i would not want that i would want to get completely immersed in because i'm not i I know i'm not at the concert right And, and i understand that the point of this film in many ways was the fact that it was damn near impossible to get concert tickets for this tour and so this is, hey, so that you can feel like you didn't miss out, come watch this movie. And so that I can make more money. And so that I can make a shit ton of money. Yeah. All right. Moving on. It's sad. It's real sad. So Bound to happen. Forever ago, we found out 
that Deadpool, which was originally supposed to come out in the fall, like October or November of 2024, had said, hey, you know what, guys? We're super ahead of schedule. Everything's going great. We're super happy with this. We're going to release it on May 3rd. We're going to bump it up half a year. And there was there was throwing of hats and wailing and, and cries of joy in the streets. Like, I, it was amazing. It was like, this is fantastic news. And the wailing is still going on, but it's no longer wails of joy. Deadpool 3 is the latest casualty of the SAFTA actor strikes. Now, obviously, the writer strike is done. That has, that has concluded but the actors are still on strike. And there's still no principal photography happening anywhere. And the the filmmakers have come out, the directors come out and said, "Look, uh we we can't make that deadline. <laughs> like we can no longer make the the Marvel set deadline of of May 3rd. We just can't do it." Um and so we, we got to push more time. so we got to push it back because here's the thing like it, it, it it's it's mostly shot but mostly isn't completely yeah right even if you have another 3 weeks left and that's it 3 weeks and we're done <clears throat> those could be a crucial 3 weeks yeah and so i mean work is still likely happening on the film right now don't get me wrong i'm sure everything that's shot Already, the post-production and the visual effects and whatever else needs to be done on those shots is getting done. They, but they just get chap GPT to do it. But they can't, but they can't <laughs> finish the film right now. And so it's getting bumped back. We don't have a new release date because there's no point in setting a release date because we don't know when the actor strike is going to end. And so... Uh, a, that sucks, but B, it poses a couple of interesting questions. Now, with the interconnectivity of the MCU, which admittedly is not as much as it used to be or has been at times, but I think we're kind of ramping back up into that, especially with some of the things, especially with Loki Season 2 right now. I think Loki Season 2 is going to be the catalyst for a lot of what's coming in the MCU. Um, just because of how much it's dealing with Kang. Um, but also, y- you know, this is a film, Deadpool 3 is a film that is is breaking the multiverse and bringing a character from a different universe and planting him into the MCU. So there's potentially going to be ramifications of this film, Right, it, it it's very potential that the stuff that happens in this film will affect some of the things that come to happen after. So then the question becomes: If this film is getting bumped, what happens to Captain America: Brave New World, which is currently slated for July twenty sixth of twenty twenty four? Like, is this going to be a big domino effect where Deadpool three can't come out? And if Deadpool three hasn't happened, well, then we can't uh, we can't have some of the things or this one thing that's going to happen in Captain America: Brave New World that can't happen because it won't make any sense or it'll be a spoiler or or, or, or whatever because Deadpool three hasn't come out yet. I don't know, man. It, this this blows 
And the projections right now, like, we don't know. We don't know when Deadpool 3 is going to come out. But the projections that some of the big, brawny Hollywood analysts are making is that if this actor strike continues all the way to the end of 2023, there is a possibility that we don't even get Deadpool 3 next year. Like, it may Sad get pushed face. to 2025, right? I don't know. I'm I'm super bummed about this. Uh, I don't know that there are... Th- there are a handful of films right now that are slated to be coming out in the next little while that I am beyond excited for. This is one, obviously. The sequel to Joker is one. And the sequel to Beetlejuice is one. So I, I, I don't know. It's it's sad. It's very very sad for me, Carl. What are your thoughts on this? How how do you think that this getting delayed will impact the rest of the MCU films that are slated? Do you think it will impact it, um, or will this kind of just get bumped into a new free slot somewhere down the road, and everything else will kind of continue as planned? Oh man, I. I don't I have a hunch it's not going to affect it the this kind of the MCU slated timeline of releases at all. Okay. Like I don't I feel like in the same way Deadpool 1 and 2 even though they were part of the same universe as the X-Men Fox films it kind of stood on its own and right. stood apart even though it was still connected. And I feel like this will, yes, this will introduce us to introduce Deadpool to the MCU proper. (coughs) And it'll potentially introduce other characters proper to the MCU. I feel like it's going to do the same thing. It's going to stand on its own. So, yeah. Okay. It sucks that it's delayed, but I don't think it's going to affect the grand plan. You don't think it'll be a big ripple effect? No. No. Okay. Well, hopefully this actor strike subsides relatively soon so we can get back on track with the films that I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Spider-Man No Way Home. Not the greatest comic book film ever made, but one of the m- most memorable theater experiences, right? One of the most memorable first watches of like, oh, the first time the first portal opens and 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 you can see that it's whoever that is is taller and lankier than Tom Holland is. That's not the Peter that does like, oh, so many moments, man. Yeah. The first time you hear Goblin cackle and the the Doc Ox arm coming through the the dust, to, like it was just, yeah, it was a it next a level really experience. Well. Next level experience. However, it's not the experience that we were originally going to get. So <laughs> say what? Uh, a, a new book has come out. That I haven't picked up, but I've read many, many, many articles now based on things that were in that book. And the book 
uh, was written by Chris McKenna and Eric Somers, and it's called MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios. And these two, uh, these two writers basically sat down with some, some big wigs over at Marvel, including Kevin Feige, um, and kind of got a lot of dirt on the history of the MCU and things that almost were and things that will never be and, and you know, like it, just a lot of really, really interesting behind the scenes stuff that we may not have been aware of as fans. And one of the stories um, that have come out of that was that Spider-Man No Way Home was originally going to be a Spider-Man versus Craven the Hunter story. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. Um, but that it didn't happen because Sony said, no. <laughs> Sony said that that the MCU was unable to use Craven the Hunter until Sony established him in a solo film, um, which we, you know, obviously at that point they had their plans. We know the Craven the Hunter film is coming with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, and because of that, because they were working on establishing Craven in their own universe and their own film uh they said no you can't have them you can't have them because we've got plans and we're going to do it a certain way and you know maybe once he's established you can borrow him right kind of like tom hardy sort of kind of made a like post-credit scene cameos in the mcu as as eddie brock but but you can't you guys can't establish him because it it's not going to jive with what we're establishing and and we have big we plans wanna. for the character um so this is interesting I, I you know and craven the hunter still technically appears in spider-man no way home uh yeah on it yeah technically he's like in the clouds during the yeah. multiverse rift <clears throat> thing um i don't know carl what are your thoughts on this like it's it's hard to think of Spider-Man No Way Home being different than what it was. It's hard to wrap your head around had Sony not said no, would we have gotten Toby and Andrew? Would we have gotten Doc Ock and Green Goblin and Sandman and Lizard and Electro? I don't know. I My guess would be no. Yeah. It sounds like it would have been a completely different film. It sounds like it'd be completely article. different. Because why would you bring back everyone who's familiar and then add someone who who no one's ever seen before? I don't know. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Do you, do you, are you remorseful thinking of what could have been as a Tom Holland versus Craven the Hunter film? Or do you think that this was a blessing in disguise and that what we got was ultimately a much better film? I mean, yeah, it's hard to get excited about something when you don't even know what the, like, what what would that script have even looked like? Right. Um, would they have done great, uh, the character justice? Would they have butchered it? Would it, you know, like ultimately what we got was, was really good and everyone really loved it. Um, and it fell into line with 
where kind of where the MCU is going. I won't say where they were going. I'll just say kind of because no one knows exactly where they're going at this point. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's hard to get excited about something when we've already gotten what we got, and you don't know what the other one would have been like. And yeah, yeah, it's just a kind of a big what if and dream about it. <laughs> what if? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be that'll be how we get it. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be how we see it'll, this it'll story. What, what if, if season three? You've heard it here first. Carl's currently penning a script. Yeah, here we go. Marvel, get in touch with me. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, okay, moving on. So, one of the, the next, once we're done with Loki season three, the next MCU property, and it's it's like right on the 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 tailcoat of of Loki season three is the Marvels a film that I'm listen I'm not I don't dislike like there's a lot of people who hate Captain Marvel the film um I, that's not me I don't hate it I have no issues with it I, it's not I don't think it's the best MCU film it's not gonna make my top five it's not gonna make my top ten right I, I, I but but I got no issues with it and I've enjoyed the character when she popped up in Endgame. Um, and I love the Kamala Khan character. Loved her in in um, the Miss Marvel show. So I'm stoked. I'm getting more and more and more stoked for this movie. And then something happened. And it hasn't... It hasn't hurt my interest in this film it's potentially increased it but it's also made me a little bit wary and a little bit hopeful that marvel hasn't just done something super douchey because there's the possibility that marvel just did something super douchey so last week marvel released a tv spot for the Marvels, right? Just like, a, I don't even know how long it is. It's a TV spot, so it'll be, what, yeah, 40 seconds long. And for the most part, it's just a lot of footage that we've already seen in trailers. It's just kind of all chopped together. Not a huge, um, not real a huge indicator on, on what the story is. It's just kind of a bunch of, like, funny lines and action shots kind of cut together the same way that most TV spots are. However, this TV spot is a little bit different in the sense that this TV spot ends with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, saying, I've called in a friend. And then we see, coming from the deep, dark abyss of space, all the way to the spaceship that they're on, a Bifrost. And if you pause the film, or if you pause the pause the video right in the last frame, you can see a figure, the shadowy figure in the Bifrost. Now, obviously, what Marvel is trying to do here, what they want you to, to take away from this after watching this trailer is, ooh, Thor's, Thor's going to be in this movie. 
That is the intent. And it's quite possible that he is, right? It's quite possible that that's it's just a little teaser of Thor. However, and and if he is great, I mean that that hasn't hurt my interest in it. Maybe it's increased it. I don't know. It could be fun. Um a little weird, I think at this point in the game, like they must be projecting that the film's not going to do very well and they're a little bit worried, so they're trying to hike up their numbers. Because otherwise, I don't know why you spoil that this close out from the release of your film. But whatever. Marvel, the people who kept Tony or Toby and Andrew like completely under wraps, sort of, kind of, as best as they could. But there is the potential that this is super douchey. Because what if it's not Thor? I mean, we don't see Thor. We see a Bifrost, and the implication there, obviously, is that Thor is coming. But what if that's Marvel wanting you to think that Thor's in this trailer or in this movie, and really it's going to, that, that that's a misdirect that it's going to be someone else? Well, let's talk about the different options. I'm going to talk about the different options here. I'm going to list some different options for who it could potentially be. And Carl, I want you to tell me whether or not you think there's any validity to that. If it's likely, if it's unlikely. Capiche. Okay. Number one, obviously is just simply that it's Thor. Okay. I think that the odds are like, as far as we know, I think what, what leads what gives credit to the idea that it could be Thor is that as far as we know, Thor is currently the only one with access to a Bifrost. Because the actual Bifrost on Asgard was destroyed with Asgard. But Stormbreaker has Bifrost abilities. It can summon a Bifrost. We've seen him do that in Infinity yeah. War. Um, And so as far as we know... Thor's the only one with a Bifrost, so maybe? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I don't know. My first thought is, like, are we, is, are, like, are you, are you jumping the gun here? Are we jumping the gun that this is Thor? That this is a Bifrost? Um, I mean, it looks very Bifrosty. It's. I I agree. It is very bifrosty. Um but like it's it's like the 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 it's not I don't think it's going to if that's a person at the end of that beam like you think it is. Oh, I can I I'll send you, you pause the it. There it's it's in space and there are other there are other things like I I think it's a thing going into a spaceship. So it could be a weapon. Um, yeah, I don't think it's Thor or any Asgardian. I think this is some other weapon or mode of transportation or something like that. Let's see if like I can this pull could up a be screenshot here for you. What is? Uh, it's very Bifrost looking, but this could be what? Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, the third Marvel uh, character. They got. Captain Marvel, we got Ms. Marvel, and uh, what's her name from WandaVision? 
But then the weird thing about that is that we've never... She, she kind of... Her ability is about all about controlling light and the light spectrum and stuff like that. <sighs> oh, you like Monica Rambo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what her hero name yeah, is. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen Monica featured in all these trailers, and Monica meets them like in the house and... And so I like I that that to me I don't think I I don't think I don't buy that. Um Yeah, I don't know. So okay, so Thor Thor's one possibility. Possibility number 2, assuming it is a Bifrost, then possibility number 2 would be Valkyrie. Now Valkyrie as far as we know doesn't have access to a Bifrost, but uh, she's also the king of Asgard. So if she says, hey, Thor, <laughs> give me access to your Bifrost, then I don't know. I feel like Thor's just kind of got to do what he's got to do, right? Like when the king tells you to jump, you jump. Um, that's a possibility. I don't know. Here's a real possibility and an interesting one. Again, assuming it's a Bifrost. And it's it's a weird possibility because of a again the Bifrost issue, but maybe this character has a Bifrost. We don't know. The other weird thing about it is that we've never like she says, "I'm calling in a friend," but this isn't someone that we've ever seen interact with. We've never seen them in a Marvel film, so we've never you know we've never seen them it'd be weird to say i'm bringing in a friend and then bring in someone who we've never we've never seen interact with her on screen before but what if this is the introduction you got to put on your tinfoil hat a little bit here what if in all those years that captain marvel was flying around the galaxy helping people what if she met Beta Ray Bill? Yeah, maybe. Do you think there's any possibility that that's that's what's going on so. here? No, I'm I'm pretty. I just sent you a link to another trailer that kind of has looks like it's this scene from another angle. Okay, and I'm sending like a, you. Or we're just sending and, each other all kinds of things. It does here. not look like the Bifrost. Hang on. It looks more like a blue blue and white beam of light, not like a rainbow beam of light. Where did that image I just saved go? Where where do these go when I click save? Into documents. Ah, why would it go into documents? <laughs> documents. Bifrost. Here. So this doesn't prove that it's a Bifrost by any means, but this proves that there is someone in there. Yeah, I'm not saying it's it, it could it's definitely could be it's either a weapon or it's somebody traveling really fast. I agree, but I don't think it's a Bifrost. I would say it's either some, something like Rambo traveling at light speed using her powers or something like that. Okay, all right. So that's your I, my money's on Thor and your money's on Monica Rambo. That that just looks like a sun glare. No. Fix your eyes, old man. There's 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 a silhouette there. You see two legs and a figure and the beginning of like a shoulder and someone's arm. 
okay. But that's definitely not a Bifrost by any means. I don't know, man. We've never seen the Bifrost that's... come in from the side. We always see it, like, touch down on ground. We've never seen the Bifrost looking into the Bifrost like this before. So I don't know. I don't know. doesn't matter either way. Some sort of character. I don't think it's Monica Rambeau because that doesn't make any sense to me because she's already been heavily featured in the trailers. So why... Why hide her in the light here? But it is what it is. All good. On theater day, when you and I sit down to review this in like, I don't know, like a month, not even. We will uh, we'll, we'll find out who, who the bigger ape is. All right. Moving on to our final topic. Also, in that book... The MCU, the reign of Marvel Studios. It says, we have a quote from Kevin Feige sort of implying that, like, Secret Wars will serve as a soft reboot in which they can prune everything. That's not to use a Lokiism. They'll prune (laughs) everything that's not working and just keep what is working or bring back people you thought were gone forever. So that's our big premiere topic today, is that it's it kind of looks like Kevin Feige may use Secret Wars to reboot the MCU. To go in and say, hey, you know what? Being a soft reboot, yeah. Yeah, say, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to kill off any of the characters or storylines or whatever. If we have to kill off the Eternals or we have to kill off whoever... In Secret Wars so that they're just gone because they didn't work the way we thought they were going to work and we really have no interest in pursuing them so we're going to tie up their loose ends and just get rid of them. Then they may do that. Uh, They may also then look at everything they've got and go, you know what, this is really working. The fans love Shang-Chi. So we're going to keep him. The fans are still loving whatever it is, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. So we're going to keep him. I don't know. And they may also look at it and go, okay, this is the culmination of our multiverse saga, which means at this point, we still have the multiverse open to us, potentially for the last time, assuming that, you know, that Secret Wars is going to kind of end the multiverse saga, close off access to the multiverse through whatever plot mechanism they decide to use. That's kind of your opportunity to look at this and go, hey, you know what? We could use some time travel shenanigans and bring Steve Rogers back. We could use some time travel shenanigans or some multiverse shenanigans, and we could bring Tony Stark back. Or yeah, so if if they keep it to the secret war, it's not time travel stuff. It's multiverse stuff. But no, yeah. no, I know. But we've already like within the MCU timelines, multi, multi different universe and time and time travel has been somewhat connected, right? Because in in Endgame, it's explained that it's it's you're not moving back on a linear timeline when you it's not like back to the future you're not going back to a certain point of time on the same timeline that you're on and then 
you know, whatever that that it's it's a different. Right. You know, when when um, when Bruce Banner is talking to the Ancient One in New York in 2012, right? It it's it's like our universe's Doctor Strange. What happens to our universe if I give you these this infinite the time stone? Right. So there there is some connectivity in there. Um, the only reason I say the time travel thing is because we had those we had those comments from Chris Evans not long ago where he said, like, if I came back to play Steve Rogers, it would have to be connected to the original thing. Right. He he basically implied, I, I'm not gonna play some variant. I'm not gonna come back and play another universe as Doctor or um Captain America. Right? There'd have to be some other plot device to make sense of the fact that Captain America is back. So there's also been like five different Secret War storylines in the comics. Like there are many different iterations that you can pull from. So I don't know. And and at the end of the day, they're writing their own scripts, right? So if they want to, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, you know, it's if you're doing Civil War, then it's not these characters arguing about this, except it was, and they did it completely differently, and we still all loved Civil War, right? So, at the end of the day, they do whatever they want. But what are your thoughts on this? A, do you think that Kevin Feige will reboot the MCU? Do you think he should reboot the MCU? And if he does, the soft reboot, sort of a reset, do you think that we will see people who we thought were gone from the MCU return, and who might that be? Um, well, I mean, if you're going to reboot, it, the the Secret Wars is is the place to do it. I think Marvel's only done it twice in the comics. I just googled it once oh, okay. in '84 and once in 2015 with with, and, and they were vat they were pretty different storylines from what my understanding but for the most part they were they were both reboot opportunities and were used as such from my understanding i know the 2015 was for sure um i'm not sure on the 84 but yeah like the 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 2015 secret wars were uh, a bunch of um universes were colliding together going to destroy everything all the universes essentially it was just like one massive cataclysm happening and dr doom somehow got a hold of a MacGuffin that allowed him to control how it happened and he essentially turned them all into one universe and and then that by the end of that storyline we've got we ended up with the MC Marvel, the Marvel universe that's currently happening in the comics. Um, man, it's, it's, yeah, if you're going to do it, that's the time to do it. And definitely, it, it definitely feels like it needs it. <laughs> just, just to like, just to hone it back in, just to just shrink, to, just it, to clean like, things up, to clean yeah. things up and to shrink the size of the MCU a little bit. Yeah. Cause it's definitely gotten out of hand. Yeah, it's just it's, so convoluted. It's, it's convoluted. It's there's a lot to to follow and keep up with, and yeah. So, do you think we'll get? Do you think we'll get old Avengers back? And if so, who do you think we're gonna get? 
Uh, I think you'll get a version of Captain America and Iron Man for sure. Yeah. I don't think you'll get Black Widow because Scarlett Johansson, like there's bad blood there now. Scarlett Johansson will never come back and work for Disney. No. You 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 can get somebody else to play Black Widow. Yeah, but I but I don't know that you could. And I'm always open to that. Always. I've made that my status my stance on that very clear. Um that you can recast anyone. Actor serves a character, character serves a story. But I don't know that doing that would be like if you're trying to get back to something if you're trying to use bringing characters back in order to revitalize your franchise and get the fans excited again i don't know that black widow played by someone else achieves that for you right right like it like this could be an opportunity to just switch gears completely from one superhero team to another that's important in saving the world the dark adventures no, no, I'm talking about the X-Men. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, like uh, the MCU has been just focused on the Avengers and Avenger character, typical Avengers heroes. And if you kind of do a reboot uh, using a event like Secret Wars, the sur- the survive the team that comes out of that that is the one that stops the Thanoses and stops the the Galactuses and stuff could be the X Men instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you just kind of switch. You can just kind of switch gears to a different team for your universe's focus. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would do that. Maybe. Maybe I uh... like it. Solve a lot of problems. <laughs> it would, but like, I wonder if you'd, like you'd, you'd brand new cast another. 10, 10 to 20 years of, of films that with new new actors under contract. You know, like X-Men fans would be very excited and happy with that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if you'd get your numbers back. I don't know if Oh, the X-Men are well enough known and popular enough. Like Fox made a lot of money on the X-Men films and they weren't done super well yeah (laughs) but but not the same way that spider-man is right and the incredible hulk and uh, and captain america an argument no an argument can be made that captain america and iron man were not as popular ips as x-men was when they launched uh for sure i i I mean so there's no argument with the spider-man tell me x-men can't carry the torch no but spider-man for sure was more popular than any of them yeah well spider-man's like a universally beloved character no matter what yeah yeah (laughs) like even if you don't like marvel you like spider-man and the hulk everyone knew who the hulk was right because there was the show my, my my two-year-old is watching like a kiddie version of Spider-Man right now. And he's just like, it. it's, he wakes up. I watch Spider-Man's now. <laughs> <laughs> I watch, awesome. can I please watch Spider-Man's please? <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that's, that's it. That's the news. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're so all subdued super. right now. You're so ah. subdued. Drink a coffee, man. Been a long, long episode. Insert some, insert some, some, some caffeine into the veins via intravenous. 
intervene. I don't drink coffee. No, intervene like an IV. I don't want it in me. Just pump it straight in, man. Just pump it. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) and Twitter, all listed below. We have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get some fun perks in return while also supporting the show. Most recently, uh, there is Carl's Got a Pee song. Yeah, apparently that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing. Did you know that was a thing? Did you know not you were... until I got an email did you, saying did, that it's a thing? <laughs> did you know you sang that? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So good, so good. All right, and uh, and we have merch. Yeah. So if you got to pee and you can't go anywhere, there's nowhere to go. There's an aluminum water bottle you can pee in. Yeah. Yeah, or our upcoming yeah. movie men branded adult diapers. Yeah, fashionable uh, yeah. so that you don't even need yeah. to wear pants. You can just wear them. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you wore adult diapers? It's been a while. Has it? Yeah. 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 Well, we'll get some for uh, for Christmas yeah. for the so, alien marathon. Yeah, it was when I, I was standing in line for that uh, that the last Taylor Swift movie. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great.